This is a homo's modern life production. Into every generation a slayer is born. My headline for this movie, I don't, that's probably backwards for y'all, isn't it? No. Horny movie. Oh. Horny movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So horny, horny. Sexy teenager horny movie. Okay. Are How we are ready, we starting everybody? this? Just, just we're just like going to jump into it. Because <laughs> hi, I'm Andy. Hi, I'm Tyler. Hi, I'm Seth. Oh, and that's Seth. You know what? <laughs> like I didn't get a play. script for this. <laughs> well, I was going to enter you in a minute, but, um, you know, hi, this is Slay Queen Slay. Yeah. Uh, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer watchcast, which is taking a break to be a Sarah Michelle Geller watchcast today. Yay. Yeah. So we have a special guest in, well, not in the studio or my closet, virtually in, his- in the oh. studio. Yeah as we all are um, in my bedroom to discuss with us because Tyler so as we said last week we are taking a between season break to refresh and appreciate some of Sarah Michelle Gellar's other works besides Buffy uh, so before we get started on season two we decided we would watch Cruel Intentions and uh, since neither Tyler nor I had seen Cruel Intentions before we needed to bring in an expert, and that is why Seth Aaron is here. Gestures to whichever box he's in. Expert. He's over here for me. He might be... Oh, it's like Brady Bunch in this situation. Yeah. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, yes. So, hi, Seth. Hi. What made you choose Cruel Intentions and not, like, Scooby-Doo or... I know you did Oh, we'll summer. definitely get to Scooby-Doo. Yeah. It's will. just something neither of us have ever seen before, so we figured yeah. what a time to do it. it. The time is now. Um, the time is nigh. And you're so, going to continue with Sarah Michelle Gellar movies and not do, like, an Allison... I don't even know if she did movies. Allison Hannigan. Like, yeah. what are we going to do? Watch an episode of How I Met Your Mother? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never mind. Or Bones. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so we'll do this. Bones. We'll do this David for now. And then... Angel. Oh, David Morgan is. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. And no. after we finish Buffy, for sure. We're going to continue. <laughs> um, yeah, so. This movie. Uh, <laughs> tell us about. Uh, I mean, you've seen Cruel Intentions before. How would you rank yes. it among your um, favorite movies? <laughs> um, it's not up there. <laughs> but I can't understand is, why. It is a movie that like was a, a huge moment for like uh, seeing Ryan Felipe or Philip, however you want to say his name, his ass that was like engraved in my mind, like uh-huh. walking in the underwear aisle in Walmart. That kind of, it kind of ranks up there with that. Uh, yes, I, I shared an album with y'all of clips that we're going to be watching during this to um, to talk about. And you best believe Ryan Phillippe's ass is in the mm-hmm. handout today. I, I just wanted full frontal nudity, like two more seconds. Turn around. Yeah. Like, Zero. No way. There's Zero also a reason. There's also a reason Reese Witherspoon married him after this movie. 
Mm-hmm. True. And had his baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she saw his penis first, so she knew what she was getting into. She had his baby. Mm-hmm. A month after? Six months after. Oh, Which means shit. she got pregnant before the movie, like between filming and the movie coming out. So. I don't blame her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, here's the thing is like, I don't find him that attractive with his clothes on. <laughs> no. He looks At like, well, he looks very much like uh, Justin Timberlake did back I with like the curly that. hair. Yeah. And the, like, I was going to say, like, he looked like Justin Timberlake, what Justin Timberlake tried to do successfully. Uh-huh. Like Ryan Felipe pulled it off a little bit more, a little less yellow, a little less ramen. It was casual. It was natural. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him more recently. He was in an episode of Will and Grace recently, and he's looking good. So. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't. No one in this movie has aged. Let's just everyone in this movie still looks almost just as good. Uh, outside of maybe Salma Blair, but that's not her fault at this point. But <laughs> why would looked, you bring that? Up? <laughs> she looked, she looked just as good as she did until she got diagnosed with everything, and then like they're all pretty much ageless. I yeah. think Reese Witherspoon looks better. Oh yeah. Also, like Reese Witherspoon still much, <laughs> dresses the same way she does in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. Um, I guess we can uh, get into a little bit of a recap. Uh-huh. Uh, so for people that don't know, a broad overview of the movie. Uh, Tyler, do you care to do that for us? Um, so horny, vicious teens go after one another to sexually conquest each other. I assume everyone here is in some version of high school. It's never quite established, I think. Um, it could be more like a college thing, but I don't know. Um, (laughs) Sarah Michelle Gellar plays a slutty whore bitch who's in love with her stepbrother. Um, and she likes to exact power. Um, she has a Coke problem and, uh, Selma Blair plays a ditzy brunette. Why? Right. Like so weird. Um, who finds her like sexual prowess um, and has a thing for a cello teacher. And then Ryan Felipe is kind of like a horny, sexy narcissist um, who falls in love with a little bitty virgin. So, you know, classic. It's a classic love tale. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So the movie starts out with, um, like a little bait and switch of Ryan Phillippe at the therapist's office. And, you know, he seems to be repentant of the fact that he's a sex addict. Mm -hmm. And then we find out that he just went to that therapy session to fuck with the therapist. Absolutely. Repetitively went to this therapist. Yeah. Definitely set up by the parents. Um, But this whole time he's been, uh, fiddling diddling the daughter and taking lewd pictures of her mm-hmm. and posting who, them online and guess who the daughter is Boop. Tara Reed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the I biggest mean, mess of all of the 90s yes well yeah Lindsay Lohan wasn't there yet no 
That's our early 2000s. <laughs> and she had company along that ride. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, it, he's one of the most non-redeemable characters of this movie. I'd say the most. And, and that doesn't stop them from trying to redeem him. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just can't believe you're, they're going to make... Sarah Michelle Geller, the mega bitch of this movie. She didn't do the right. worst things. So, right. No. And then this is also like the whole time I was like, this is so very unlike SMG. Like, it doesn't seem yeah. like a her character at all. I don't know, I know. why she ever decided to do this movie because well, she never I was plays anything up about it. And like her agents or whoever, her publicist, really didn't want her to do this movie. Because they were like, you're Buffy, and this isn't Buffy. Like, this is really dark and, like, twisted and mean, and that's not, like, your persona. But yeah. she insisted that she wanted to do it, because she wanted to do something different. I like the sidestep from the traditional, like, what people view her as. It's like when Kristen Bell did Burlesque, and she was the total bitch of that movie. I like the kind mm -hmm. of, like, I want to play the opposite of what people think I am kind of situation. This is also definitely like the who's who of what year was this? 90s? Like 99. Yeah. 99. Like every big name. It would be like if like Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello and uh, Normani and Ariana all did a movie together that was seriously dark and twisted. All did this movie, which would be interesting. Yeah, and if all of those people were actors instead of singers. Singers, yeah. <laughs> There's no young actors that I could think of that work. Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, yeah. Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. So after we do the therapist, we get to meet Sarah Michelle Gellar's character, mm -hmm. who presents as this very prim and proper, you know, we find out later she's student body president, like, She's got her whole life together, and so she's going to mentor young Cecile Caldwell, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, who can't keep her fucking legs together. No, like literally speaking. Uh, yeah, the first legs. clip I sent y'all is titled "The Selma Spread." So if you want to go ahead and watch that now. Uh, my father took me on a trip to Australia. My father took me on a trip to Australia. You really could see up her skirt. Like, I, yeah. She's wearing those, like, little white granny panties. Uh-huh. Like, also, like, what is weird. that outfit? How does your mother look like that? You're going to a home like this. And at some point your mom goes, yeah, it's cool if you wear this. Like, also, how old is she? Like, 14? Yeah. Yeah, she was portraying. I like how she got the role. Uh, apparently, she wasn't even going to be considered because she was 26. She was too old. Yeah. And so when she walked in to do the audition, she walked in as the character and never broke it. They were like, they asked her how old she was. And she was like, well, how old are you? And they said from that moment, like, they knew she had to be that role. I am a huge Selma Blair fan. People don't know this. But at one point in my life, I was going to open a hotel called The Vivian and have a drag queen friend I knew that looked just like Selma Blair play the 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 main like host of the hotel. 
and I was going to have portraits of Selma Blair characters everywhere, and it was all going to be named after her character in Legally Blonde. Her best to me is the one with Cameron Diaz and um, Christina Applegate. They play sluts. What? Where they do the slut thing with the peanuts. Yeah, thing. they're like, you're too big to fit in here. <laughs> oh. She gets like, she gets like a, a cock ring stuck on the back of her throat, and they have to do like a whole little singing monologue to get it off. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's Iconic. A, yeah. Iconic. Um, but, you know, shortly after uh, Selma leaves, we find out a lot of things about Catherine. Mm-hmm. Also, we uh, should note that C- uh, Cecile's mom is the incomparable Christine Brinkley. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who, like, gay icon. <laughs> is she? She is. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, pardon me. To the well-versed. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, back to Catherine's Coke problem. Uh-huh. And semi-incestuous relationship with her brother. Uh-huh. Really weird. Like, like when they were writing this, what was going... I don't understand. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Like, you're just watching this movie about... I mean, you already know that he's a bad person. And then you uh-huh. see her doing coke. And you're like, okay, so she's a bad person, too. Don't say all people who do coke are bad people. I'm not <laughs> saying that, but that's how it's supposed to be, you know. Yeah. That's the message. Out of her cross. Of doing coke out of a rosary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Iconic. And then the next clip that I sent y'all starts uh, playing, and... You're just like, wait, what's happening? Hold. Insert video here. Sexy sibling seduction. Mm hmm. Be your captain, Picard. So, problems I have with this, outside of the sibling thing, because they're step-siblings, let's be very, very clear, and they go out of their way to point that out before any of this even starts. Does it ever say how long they've been step-siblings? Because that also, I think, should factor in. It seems very very recent, because their parents seem to be on their honeymoon. Oh. Oh, you think that's where their parents are? That's, I think, I'm... They said they were like on a trip. trip. I, I think they were like, like in a situation that like the parents were cheating on each other, which makes me feel like they've been together longer. <laughs> yeah, it was I from what I gathered, it seems like they are recent and on their honeymoon, but they've been playing this flirty game for ever because they've gone to school forever together. So they've been playing this flirty game before they were siblings. Now they're their siblings. It's just like boom. So yeah. Is there an but also, like, difference why didn't between... they already, like, do it? <laughs> sure. Yeah, Is there an difference between um, wanting to fuck somebody and then becoming their step-sibling and still wanting to fuck them and not knowing somebody becoming their step-sibling and then wanting to fuck them? 
I mean, I can kind of see, I mean, if I was Sarah Michelle Gellar and like I, my parents were getting married and my new stepbrother was Ryan Felipe, might be a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. I mean, these are obviously two very horny teens and to put them in the same house together. How can you expect anything but what happens? Yeah. I mean, you could. You could just fuck each other and not try to ruin t- hundreds of people's lives for <laughs> no reason. Right. That's true. Uh, so then the reason. So they, they developed this bet, but it's all based on this article in a 17 magazine, right? My favorite thing about the 17 magazine is Victoria Beckham on the cover. Like 90s fucking gold. Right. Well, okay, before the bet even comes up, we find out that the reason, like, Sarah Michelle, well, Catherine, whoever, has agreed to mentor young Cecile is because Cecile stole her boyfriend. And this is all an elaborate ruse to get back at him for her having stolen him. Yeah, because she tried to give him a blowjob once in a car and he fell asleep, from what I understand. Or it was a it was a good bad. plot twist. Like I liked that element of the story. Uh-huh. Also, I don't really see her Catherine, the character, as having like a boyfriend she cared about. Right. No, she's like Cordelia. Yeah. Well, it was I, mean, I think it was more about the fact that he turned her down, I guess. So now he uh, has to go down. I guess yeah. it's like a mean girl situation. She just wants the control over whoever. I don't know. It's not about getting him back. It's about the revenge. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nobody best Catherine the Great. Uh, also, oh. at some point in the scene, she does say fag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I did want to. I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to give like major props because Ryan Felipe says it to his friend and like. There was no offense there. And I wanted to give props to a 90s movie using the word, but also having the toxic male hetero having a close gay friend. Uh-huh. Yeah. That yeah. Was like, I was like, but wow. also, also, who else could be best friends with someone like Ryan Felipe's character other than True. someone he's never going to sleep with and that he's never going to have his significant other stolen by? That's yes. true. Only a gay guy would overlook his horrible qualities because he still wants to fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> also that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, props to them for having um, gay characters that are, I don't know, they're not, they're not necessarily mm-hmm. gay caricatures. They're no. not flushed out entirely. They're just no. there and we know that quality about them. And, and also, not- he's not a great person himself. So. No. No. These Although are all the football player boys. doesn't seem too bad. No. He can get it. Eric Mabius. Ugly Betty. Ugly Betty. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yes. Daniel Mead. <laughs> yes. Daniel Mead. Like a teeny, tiny, skinny Daniel Mead. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, his head looked too big for his body. He was Still that does. young. He was so cute. Still t- <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways. So, yes. They make the bet. Uh, and... Sarah Michelle Geller says that she wants his car if she wins the bet, which is that he can, he's betting that he can deflower 
Reese Witherspoon, the famous Seventeen magazine virgin. Whose father just happens to be the new headmaster of their school. Convenient. Convenient. (laughs) And happens to be staying at his aunt's house for three weeks. Uh My guess is that she showed up at the aunt's house first. And then she was like, oh, I have this girl that's staying with me because they're probably a school benefactor. She just had an article in Seventeen and he was probably like, oh, what's this article? And then read it and was like, oh, fuck. So I don't think he found the article first and then all of this just happened. I think the article was brought to his attention because he also doesn't seem like the kind to regularly read Seventeen magazine. That would have taken them all of two minutes, and it would have made so much more sense if mm-hmm. I just shown that. Not just like Ryan Felipe Dude. going to the magazine stand and picking up his weekly copy of Girl right. Power. Because when they introduce the fact that she's staying at Aunt Helen's house, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> so anyways, uh, if he doesn't deflower the young virgin before school starts, Catherine wants his jag. Mm-hmm. His car. Uh, and then I have a little clip of what he gets if he wins the bet. So, clip. there we go. Okay, while we're clipping this, I'm going to grab my jewel one second. Yeah, I'm recording on my phone and you sent them to my phone. So I'm listening for your audio and then just playing it in my head. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Here. I'm running back. You got yourself a bet, baby. Yeah. My, my other favorite part is like, to put it simply, I'll fuck your brains out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to put it in English, I'll fuck your brains out. I'll be honest, like, I'm not living for Sarah Michelle Geller. Like, I know she's had some, like, kooky, sexy fashion in Buffy, but, like, this oh, little. This yeah, this. Like Madonna style, like this is all like she basically modeled her whole look after Madonna at this yeah. time, even down to like the rosary was all very Madonna with all of this stuff and the almost pitch black brown hair. Yes, I can see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the mo- the best part about it is that not only is she going to let him fuck her brains out, she will take it up to the butt. Mm-hmm. She'll let him put it anywhere. And that is worth risking his priceless car. <laughs> I'll be honest, not for me. That car is fucking gorgeous. <laughs> like, I would be like, you know what? I want that money. But also, he's confident enough at this point to realize that he's going to get it. So, like, in his mind, he's still going to win this thing. So his car is actually not at risk. Yeah. But also, it's weird that that would be what she places. I feel like they're well enough off where she could just get the fucking car. I feel like she right. has some pull as the bitchy daughter to get a car that she wants. I don't understand. But also, she's not risking that much in this bet because mm-hmm. she wants to fuck him anyway. Mm-hmm. So if she wins, she gets this car and she doesn't have to ask daddy for it. If he wins, she gets to fuck him. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of just for 
Both of them. Yeah. Have you ever seen, Seth, I asked Andy, have you ever seen a movie called House of Yes? No. With Parker Posey? It's kind of similar to the point where I think that it was made because of this movie, but it's basically like a brother and a sister. It almost could be like the, like, sequel if if the ending didn't happen the way it did, but... Um, we'll get to that dumbest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> but, so basically, this brother and the sister are in love with each other, and then they go off to college and live their own lives, and the brother comes, goes and finds someone he's going to marry and be his wife, and, like, it's like, okay, now we have to introduce you to the family, so brings him back, and Parker Posey's, like, the crazy sister, and apparently they used to get off on playing Jackie and John F. Kennedy, like when he was getting shot and that's how they would like get into like fucking around. Okay. It's really screwed up. So if you think this movie is screwed up, just go see house of yes. Cause this is nothing in comparison. And were they actually <laughs> brother and sister in that movie? Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. How game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Well, this movie was made because the creator forgot the movie he was inspired by and he wanted to make <laughs> a, and his words, more fucked up version of high school. Yeah, right. A, Without ever he, talking about. He said something school. about like yeah, te- see where you see teens in adult situations. Yes, mm-hmm. which is mm. twisted. Um, yeah. I also have a note that in this moment I was like, Sarah Michelle Geller is like trying to sex up this outfit that she's not really that sexy in. And Sebastian is like really a sexy guy and like a sloppy ass outfit. Like coming from someone who works for a suit company, like this suit hurt my soul. Well, the way suits fit in the nineties was criminal. Oh my God. It went down like almost to his knees. I was like, (laughs) what is this? Yes. Also, I felt like she was uncomfortable. And like, I, I didn't think she like completely meshed with the character she was trying to play all the time. Mm. Felt like she wasn't fully there. It felt like, like she, she was acting. Yeah, she wanted to play this character, but she never fully fell into the role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hard for a young ingenue. Right. Um, and now we get to meet Reese Witherspoon as the blonde virgin Annette. Yeah. Sweet Home Alabama. Mm-hmm. I didn't write anything down about this scene because it, she made so little impression on me. I, I mean, <laughs> I kind of did. I was like, um, we discover that Reese is really clever. She's just as clever as Sebastian. She's like, I get it. I'm the virgin. You're the whore. Don't like act like it's any different than what we are. Something like that. Um, also, right. another side note. I don't know if you noticed this, but... Uh, Catherine almost always wears black. Reese almost always wears white. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Sebastian kind of hits this gray point in between most of the time to be like the middle ground. The director, whoever, like made that a point. And I was like, it's clever. I get it. But let's not act like it's like brilliant and groundbreaking. No. (laughs) Right. It's it's very heavy handed with the way that. Yeah. Uh, Catherine dresses. <laughs> oh my god! It's so, so heavy. Black. There's so one black. outfit. One outfit that is gray, and in that outfit, it is a sheer top, like <laughs> sheer, like you just only see bra. Uh, um, yeah, and so then we uh, oh we get introduced to Ronald, Ronald, right? the mm-hmm. cello teacher. When mm-hmm. Catherine walks in on uh, 
somewhat intimate cello lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. He was kind of pulling that move that you always see in movies when they're like teaching somebody oh hi how to play <laughs> golf teaching somebody golf yes, uh-huh. yes except he was doing it with a cello yeah he was like let me do this and then she just straight up lets go of the cello and like leans yeah, in she stopped playing mm-hmm. um and we, then she plays plays this thing where she like knocks the thing over and like blames her maid woman that apparently follows her everywhere or melee mm-hmm Poor Maylee. That's so bad. <laughs> yeah. But then immediately you can tell that she's like plotting. She's like, oh, yeah. great. This is something I can use against her. And is it in this scene where um, CC tell CC? I wrote her name down as CC for short. Cecile sure. uh, <laughs> tells her about all these letters between her and Ronald. And I think so. Like, great. Give me copies so I can help. I oh know, no! It's, it's like, actually later. Cecile, no. Uh, she is by far the dumbest character in this movie. <laughs> other than really her mother, maybe I don't know. Um, and she's where the letters are hidden. Mm-hmm. So uh, the other thing we forgot to mention about the scene between Annette and uh, Sebastian is that Sebastian finds out that someone wrote to Annette to tell Sebastian that he was a whore, like wrote a letter and was like, avoid this man at all costs. He's bad news, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Because he, he has a full out meltdown with his gay BFF and it's like, huh? And weed dealer. Because of and course the gay do. BFF is his weed dealer. Uh, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's probably, he probably sells Coke to his sister too. Probably. Um, I did write about that. Uh, like his little outburst. He, I feel like aside from the character, Ryan Felipe, his acting is not good. Like I feel he is only bringing like charm and looks mm-hmm. and that whole rant. It felt, felt like he was reading a teleprompter at times and trying to put emotion behind it, like in a high school play. I mean, what, what five-star movie have you seen Ryan Felipe in recently? <laughs> okay, point taken, but still yeah. it was it was just really rough. I think it's kind of one of those things like with you, how Penn Badgley has always kind of been like the same kind of guy, like just kind of a cute guy playing like whatever. And like in you, it's like I think that's actually how Penn Badgley really is in real life, which is yeah. why it's so easy for him to play that character. But that's kind of like what this Ryan Felipe is. Ryan Felipe's character wouldn't actually have outbursts. He would take everything very calmly. So it's like they put that speech in there. But everything else was very much like him. But anytime he gets like super passionate, it's like unbelievable because he himself doesn't believe in it. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So that's what I got. Mm-hmm. Um, I we also do learn that his gay friend is a top, assumedly, because the only reason he keeps the jock around is because his mouth is like a Hoover, quote unquote. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean. I doesn't am, mention his dick, doesn't mention anything like that. Straight up goes to how good the blowjob is. Only tops go into that. Uh, well, I feel like the writers were probably a too too afraid to talk about a guy fucking a guy. They're like, well, a guy blowing a guy might be a little less offensive to mm-hmm. the demographic we're aiming for with this 90s heartthrob movie. Yeah, because so. even when he catches them in the act, they still have their underwear on. I'm like, no, 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 no. Those no. are like the first thing that come off. <laughs> yeah, they might have a shirt on. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, 
That's about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. They'll Winnie the Pooh it before they hang out and just their <laughs> Yeah. But at least they made the jock the one giving the blowjob mm-hmm. as opposed to the one getting it. Because it would have been easy to make the more like effeminate gay character. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, it would be like kind of less offensive to like for the jock character to be getting a blowjob. They could easily write that off. He's like, "Well, my eyes were closed," and whatever. Yeah. And I also think so. What's interesting too is they have this scene right before the the next scene. So it's almost like a palate cleanser. So it's like, you can't say that you have any offense to this scene. If you liked the next scene, because Mm. we get the lesbian kiss of the movie. Oh Uh, my God. The kiss. Wait, mm. but before the kiss, before the kiss is the pool scene where we see Ryan Felipe's ass. No, not yet. No, he hasn't, he hasn't hung out with, he hasn't hung out with uh, with her enough because I have a note that says, "Oh my God, nude Sebastian drool that ass." So that definitely comes later. Okay. <laughs> I didn't miss that. I, I got not out of order then. Yeah, because uh, the kiss. Oh my God. So Cecile and Catherine are in the park, and it looks like she's attending a funeral because why not? Um, Cecile yeah. looks like she's going <laughs> to really go does. play tennis. Like with Dora the Explorer. Uh, and then she's like, have you ever kissed somebody? And she's like, no. She's like, oh my God, have you not practiced with your girlfriends? And she goes, no. Um, At this point in the movie, I'm sitting there like, wait, what is about to happen? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I've seen this scene, so I knew it was coming. I just didn't know how it worked in. Especially after watching the first half of this movie, I was like, okay, they're not lesbians. So like, where is this? Um... My favorite part is she does a little peck on the cheek, like very soft kiss. She's like, that wasn't bad. She's like, okay, now let's French. And she goes, I'm going to put my tongue. She goes through how she's going to do it with her tongue. And then you watch the kiss and Sarah Michelle Gellar's tongue does not leave her mouth once. It's all Selma Blair shoving her tongue into Sarah Michelle Gellar's mouth. So I don't know what take was this or if they did one and she's like, I'm not doing it. Oh my god! Because the first take they was like a dry run, and the second take is when they got like that. I read like little the little clips string or, of spit the at the string end. String of spit, and then I like when I read that, I went and looked at it, and I was like, "That's barely a str- I I wanted like a pull, like oh, a cheese pull, but it was just like this big. Well, and um, I was reading an interview with Selma, and she was talking about how her mom watched it, and she was like, "Oh my god, that poor girl, Sarah." But, you know, y'all are kissing and you're just shoving your tongue in her mouth. <laughs> They're still <laughs> friends. Of a tongue. Poor My Selma. favorite is they're still friends, like, to this day. Like, they just posted yeah. something the other day together on Instagram. It was, like, those two and uh, uh, the one that got written off of Charmed. Oh, uh, yeah. I forget her name. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Thank you. I just picked a random charm girl. I've never seen the show. She's one of them. She has cancer now. Oh yeah, they're all dying. Uh, uh, Catherine. So then they go into this whole thing about the. This is where they talk about the love letters, and she's like, "Okay, you need to go make photocopies and bring them to me." And Selma Blair, like, smart, slight moments, like, 
but why? Uh, why do I need to do that? Um, me to help you. Yeah, she's like, I'll help you get laid. You can do it at my house. It'll be perfect. It'll be fun. It'll be festive. Like, you'll get a peen in your vagine, you know? Um, also, and th- they set up Selma Blair's character to be kind of, like, loose. I bet she's never kissed someone. It's I just- think she's just, like, titsy. Like, I really think that, like, in some ways, like, sh- like if this is based on a book... I feel like maybe this book, the character's like not mentally stable didn't at all. Didn't she steal Catherine's boyfriend though? She didn't steal him. The boys chose her over Catherine. Yeah. She yeah, had no right. idea because she even mentions it to right. to she Catherine. Talks about court. Yeah, she she's like, oh, he was with some like dumb bimbo or something. And obviously she doesn't know that that's Catherine. Otherwise, she wouldn't have said it to her face. You know what I mean? So he's just been hearing her talk about it. But he doesn't know. She doesn't know who it is. Yeah. Um, so then we go back to the mansion, the summer mansion with Sebastian and Annette. And he's blaring opera like you do. In her room. Yeah, right. I guess the sound system runs throughout the entire mansion. Mm -hmm. And he can choose what rooms to play the music in. Mm -hmm. It's a very sophisticated system. I know. There's no writing letters. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There's a lot of letter writing. Too much. Uh, Yeah, so then he lures her down with the music and convinces her to go swimming. Which, like, as soon as he suggests they swim, I'm like, okay, so... Some like they're getting naked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, also, right. he also gives her a, um, a gift, which is never really addressed again. He gives her that leather backpack with something engraved on it, but I couldn't really oh, read what yeah. it was. Well, it was just her name and then the name of their school, Manchester oh. Prep. Um, he's like, swim with me. And she's like, you're rude, but <laughs> okay. Um, so she goes like an idiot to go put on her bathing suit. Um, and then puts on perfume. And then puts on perfume. <laughs> she goes swimming. Mm-hmm. Girl. It's an oil base, you know. You're trying to overpower the smell of the, colo- or of the chlorine? chlorine? I don't think so. And then she walks back in, and it's Sebastian, totally nude. Yes. Uh, Insert clip of his ass here. Okay, so let's watch it. Do we have it? We don't have to watch it. We all remember. (laughs) I want to watch it. (laughs) I want to watch it. Dead ass. Dead ass. Mm. It's so, such a good butt. It really is. It's very. Also, and then he turns around. Turning around so that I can put on my bathing suit. So, a couple things. So a couple things. Yeah. He's already wet because he's like drying his face off. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed that. There's Did he go to the steam room that was no, there? there? I thought he was like showering off or something. Oh, maybe that makes sense. Like, you know how sometimes there's like a indoor shower and you're supposed yeah you're supposed to shower before you get in the pool. Um, but then he like or he not, turns, I don't know. He turns around and flashes his full peen at her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, do you mind turning around while I put my swimsuit on? At this point, boy, just put your swimsuit on. 
At this okay. point, I think that the famous virgin should leave the room. Yeah. Hello. I thought her character would have reacted a little faster to that. Yeah. But him yeah. saying, can you leave the room was clearly just a power move just oh, to yeah. make make her even more enticed. So. Right. Yeah. But it's just like, if we're supposed to believe that she's this girl who's such a huge virgin that she wrote about it in Seventeen Magazine... She's not going to be sticking around well, in any I mean, room. Well, the journalistic integrity of Seventeen magazine. <laughs> first thoughts: Her being a virgin was not about God or marriage or anything like that. It was about experiencing it with someone she truly loves, yeah. which is slightly yeah. different from she your Christian think somebody virgin. her age is capable of. Uh huh. I guess she's going to find out otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she starts going in and then this is one of my favorite quotes is she starts quoting the letter from that she received from this anonymous source um, Mm -hmm. about it and she she goes even more treacherous than he is attractive he's never uttered a single word about some dishonorable attention so that means he's done all this stuff and like never physically said something inappropriate to any of these girls, but mm. still gets them to do exactly what he wants. Um, yeah. At one point when, yeah. At one point when she's getting the pool, she says, uh, like, I can't believe somebody so charming could be so manipulative. Mm-hmm. And it's that's like, how no, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how manipulation works is you're charming. So you uh-huh. are able to manipulate people. So he's swimming around her and talking her up and he's touching her. And this is when she finally goes, oh, wait, this is probably not a good idea. And you're not my type. Like now that we've gotten this far, you know, now that I've seen your penis, you know what? (laughs) Not my type. She's scary. Too devious. She's just trying to push him away and distance him. Because she's afraid of how she actually feels, which is horny. Mm-hmm. So horny. Oh wait, I wonder if my I forgot I can do. I'm gonna put my little pool light so we're in the. Can you see that? Yeah, it's very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now the pool scene is over because we're going. We're we're back to gay shit. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I tried. So he uh, is convinced that the jock boy, because he knows Annette from kansas city or whatever he's convinced that she he wrote the letter and so he has his friend set up a whole thing to be like i'm gonna break in on y'all two doing things and the friend's like yeah whatever cool like come take pictures of me naked with a guy i don't care come see what you're missing out on um so he walks into his gay friend's house and finds the two of them supposedly fucking, but they're wearing their underwear, which we've already discussed. Well, no, uh, they, like, get under the blanket real quick and put mm-hmm. on their underwear. Oh, uh, that makes more sense. Um, and so he comes up there and, like, takes a pickster. Pickster. <laughs> I have the notes that he calls him the Gregster at some point. Um He's like, I have this picture. I know you did this. And the gay guy's like, actually, come to think about it, he's kind of stupid and he probably didn't do this. So really, the gay guy set up Sebastian here and no one really addresses that. He literally just wanted Sebastian to walk in on him fucking his friend. Yeah, um, I wonder if that was like, why do that? 
a gay in his situation, okay, I'm not going to be rude here, but Eric Mabius, the jock, is clearly a little out of his league. Why yeah. would you risk scaring him away? You got a good thing going here. Like, why are you fucking it up? Did you see and, that house? He's rich. He doesn't give a shit. Being rich Everybody and being able to get a guy rich. is different than getting the straight guy. I think I really think he was just hoping for a three-way situation to end up happening okay. with Sebastian. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, maybe if Sebastian just walks in on us having gay sex, being the horny person that he is, he will want to have gay sex with us. Mm-hmm. Eh, I think that's a little too much for his character. Your best bet is catching him getting turned down by a net and offering to help. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That would be a better plan. Also, the gay guy never comes back for the rest of the movie after this scene. Nope. He's, he's dead. Mm-hmm. The gay football player comes, comes back. back all the time. Not the gay uh, So, yeah, he's like, well, since you didn't do this, I still need you to do something. And he tells Sebastian, he tells uh, the jock to go talk him up to Cecile and find out, or not to Cecile, to find out who sent the letter to Annette. And we find out that it's, I was very confused here if it was Cecile or Cecile's mother. I think it's Cecile's, Cecile's mother. mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, like, stay out of your kids' lives, bitch. Yeah. And, like, why? I don't know. Why? She's just so... She hates Sebastian that much that she's writing the headmaster's... New headmaster's daughter in advance to warn her. But loves her his stepsister. Like, yeah. so weird. Crazy. Um, I thought it would have been a better twist if um Catherine had written a letter but that's what i thought with the letter make it more uh-huh. typical yeah right as part of like because she's trying to win the bet yeah mm-hmm. um so then we go back to Catherine, who we've kind of abandoned for a minute and she's watching some kind of like hidden tape video i don't know where she got it from of the yeah. cello instructor and cecile and she goes to like kiss him and the phone rings. She goes, Oh, sorry, peace out. And my favorite thing is she just looks at the TV and goes, Peace out, moron. <laughs> and turns it off. Um, and then they start plotting together again, Sebastian and Catherine, and start massaging each other and start licking each other, like getting into it. Um, Sister stuff. And then uh, two things that Catherine says, she goes, I hate when things don't go my way. It makes me so horny. Yep, I wrote down that quote. <laughs> yes. And then when she gets up off of him, she looks at his penis and goes, down boy. Because <laughs> she's been laying on top of him, like, basically giving him a hand job. Writhing. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Using Terrible. that body. Uh, so uh-huh. then Catherine goes and tells Mrs. Caldwell that there is a affair mm-hmm. happening between Ronald and young Cecile. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes, the 90s, she goes, uh, I know, she's so young and he's so, and then the mom goes, black. black. The waiter comes up with a coffee and she goes, uh, brown sugar, uh, no sugar. Huh. <laughs> Like, it's great. I mean, it was obvious the the race thing was going to play a factor in this. I know you couldn't have, like, been more problematic with any other 
non-cis white person. Like they made the maid Asian. The maid could have easily been a white woman. Why? Why did you do that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then she <laughs> she goes, "This could ruin her reputation, and you need to be discreet." She goes, "Yes, absolutely." And the next scene is her running into the the cello lesson like breaking it up she goes i pulled you off the street uh and she goes <laughs> got me off the street i live at 59th and park <laughs> yeah she just assumes he's like this young broke black man off the streets he's like um i have an education and then she says don't give me any of that racist crap my husband and i gave money to colin powell He's a cellist for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he runs out of the the building saying the black man is gone. It yeah. was uh, quite a scene, quite an unex- unexpected scene, I think. And, you know, I expected Ronald to exit the film there. Yeah. Or I expected to really maybe get back with Cecile at the end. Mm-hmm. But Not no. expect him continue to be a player here Hmm. the siblings are waiting for him at the elevator with a love letter from cecile because they're obviously trying to fuel this here's the gas light the fucking flame um yeah when they're goading him to write a letter back he says something about email like writing her an email and they say email is for creeps and pedophiles is true. Uh, I forget uh, what. So he goes into her room to write a letter, and they're still there. And I forget how she got to this statement, but I felt it was amazing, and I copied and pasted it into here. Um, the eat me, Sebastian. It's okay for you to like court. Uh, eat me, Sebastian. It's okay for guys like you in court to fuck everyone, but when I do, I get dumped for innocent little twits like Cecile. God forbid I exclude cop. Exude confidence and enjoy sex. Do you think I relish in the fact that I have to act like Mary Sunshine every 24-7 so I can be considered a lady? I'm the Marsha fucking Brady of the Upper East Side, and sometimes I want to kill myself. So there's your psychoanalyst, Dr. Freud. Now tell me, are you in or are you out? That wow, you wrote down that whole speech. Mm-hmm. I just wrote down, God forbid I exude confidence and enjoy sex. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> so I was just, I don't know why, but that was like my favorite little moment of Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. Like, that I feel like she like encapsulates the whole thing. Like that is her character. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they, they lure CC Cecile to the house mm-hmm. to get her drunk, but they basically are like telling her to write another letter or they gave her Ronald's letter, tell her to write another letter and then get her in Sebastian's bed drinking. Mm-hmm. A Long Island iced tea. Yeah. She thought it was just like tea, mm-hmm. which like, I'm sorry, you can't tell. I haven't had a Long Island in so long. Mm. Mm. This scene is the most problematic to me because it oh, does yes. not have worked in today's day and age. No. There, oh, there is really not. fucked up. Nothing consensual. Nothing no. consensual here. An uh, actor wouldn't even agree to do this, I feel like, because of how they're portraying it as like this okay, kind of hot scene. It's really not. Mm-hmm. 
He's uh, like, give me, give me sexy, and she poses. I'm not gonna. I do love where she's like, he's like, give me sexy, and she like poses like a fucking moron. She's like, ugh, ugh, <laughs> ah, like she has no fucking idea. That is the one good thing in this scene. So, uh, um, on Voodoo, which is where I think Seth and I watched this, mm-hmm. they include all of the. Um, like parental guidance information from common sense media, which I mean, you should go read it. Cause it's hilarious. Cause they basically outline everything dirty that happens in the movie. Oh, uh, they list all of the profanities that are in it. <clears throat> but yeah, at the end of their little summary, they say much of its content feels uncomfortable now as the me too movement has changed the way has changed the way society addresses and discusses sexual harassment, coercion, and assault. And mm-hmm. that is talking about this scene. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I did, I liked what Selma Blair CC did with that moment, like posing sexy. But I mm-hmm. wanted to know if her portrayal was trying to be sexy or was mm-hmm. trying to portray CC not knowing what sexy was. Yeah, was that honestly what she thought she should be doing? Because that's kind of how I see Selma Blair as sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that's portraying Cece as being this bumbling girl that doesn't know what sexy is. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> she's never been kissed until, you know, Catherine kisses her in the park. Mm-hmm. Then she's never been kissed in the way that Sebastian kisses her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's like, I'll call your mom to come get you. Because she wants to leave, and he's like, I'll call your mom to come get you. And he's like, oh, no, your mom's you're grounded. You shouldn't be here. And she goes, no, I'll do anything. He's like, I want to kiss you. And she's like, okay. He goes, no, 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 down there. And, like, yeah, she goes, it tickles. And she goes, uh. And then shows up the next morning in her, oh, we have a clip? Yeah, I have a clip <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. What are you doing? Cecile, you promised to let me kiss you. But then why? Uh, uh, I don't want to kiss you here. I want to kiss you there. Huh? A promise is a promise, Cecile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> Appropriate face to come the, in. The very end of that clip where she, yeah, she's like, oh, it tickles. And then she's like, oh. <laughs> like, uh, all right. Sebastian apparently can make a girl's knees buckle. Yeah. Uh, Even though she's enjoying it, it was mm-hmm. not okay. But then yeah. my the next morning she shows up. Her mom finds the doll in the bed and just thinks that it's not like she's been gone all night. <laughs> Which like, yeah, is your daughter supposed to sleep with dolls like that? Too. She strolls in and she's like, "Oh, I was shopping <laughs> with her hair like, like early in the morning, sex hair." Yeah. Um. And then she goes to brunch with Annette, Sebastian, or it's brunch with Annette, Sebastian, Cecile at the summer house. Um, and 
he sits down with them and is like, how are you doing? And he starts like stroking Just his the tennis racket, which makes me think like other things happened, but it doesn't seem like other things happened other yeah. than that. When she goes to talk to Catherine about it. Um, I don't know, maybe he finished himself off. I don't know. Yeah. Also the doll. I don't, I don't, I think it should have been there. It should have never been part of the movie at all. No. Like, yeah. Cause it didn't add any, it didn't work. Yeah. It complicated the entire story. Like whose idea was this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then the aunt's like, oh, no, I'm supposed to volunteer, but I have theater tickets. You know what? Why don't you go volunteer for me? I feel like most people would be like, I'm going to go volunteer. Why don't you take my theater tickets? Yeah. But whatever. Not that kind of person. So for some reason. um, Oh, my Alexa's going off again. Um, for some reason, they get sent to a nursing home to help old people. This and once again, what did really they add to the movie? I, oh. like, I liked the scene with him and like he's lying to her, saying they played backgammon. <laughs> I thought it was cute. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and then I fucked your daughter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, would you like some water? Um... <laughs> Uh, Sophie, go away. And then uh, Sebastian's like, "What did I fucking write?" <laughs> I said, "I feel so good." Miss Sugarman is cool. No, I was bored. I don't know what this is in reference to. Uh, but then they do have start. That was an exchange between Sebastian and Annette. She's like she oh. thought that it was actually boring to go help, and he's trying to convince her that he had a good time yeah and then they start having cute moments in the car she makes goofy faces and then grabs his hand and then they drive off into the sunset meanwhile cecile is having a (laughs) reese withers been trying to make an ugly face Uh uh-huh she's like oh oh um meanwhile cecile is having a breakdown in the diet coke for breakfast this morning (laughs) very nice um, as Catherine throws her on the couch, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like, he took advantage of me. And she's like, well, what did he do? This is another like uncomfortable me too moment. Cause she's like, no, it sounds like you really liked it from what I'm hearing. Yeah. It's like you were really into, into like, it. No, you wanted it. And she straight up did have an orgasm with it. And she's like, yeah, you're now a woman. Uh, think of Sebastian as your tutor and keep fucking him. My advice is to sleep with as many people as possible. And she's like, doesn't that make me a slut? And she goes, no, it's kind of, everyone does it. And she goes, so it's like a secret society. Yeah, she's like, everybody does it, but nobody talks about it. Mm-hmm. Also, she's not wrong. Yeah. So I was looking up interviews with Sarah Michelle Geller about this movie, and she was on... Um, Andy Cohen's Clubhouse, whatever that... Uh, Watch What Happens Live or whatever. Yes, thank you. Uh, and he had her on, and they recreated that scene, which I think he basically just sprung it on her. He was like, okay, now we're going to do this scene from Cruel Intentions, and he put on a wig, like a Selma Blair wig, <laughs> and had her read her lines off a cue card. It was something. Hold on. I have something. Oh my god. I know what he's, he's doing. doing. He has a wig, doesn't he? Yeah. He has a Selma Blair wig. 
Yeah. It's very on brand. (laughs) (laughs) Now we can really do this. Talking about this movie for this This long and you didn't Mm -hmm. do this. I know. I don't know why I didn't think about this. I know. I would have loved if you started like this and just never commented on it. (laughs) Okay, guys. Okay, here we are. Just like straight Mm -hmm. into business. Oh, secret society. Uh, society. <laughs> yeah, you wear this on your conference calls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, Sebastian. Back to sex with Sebastian. Yep, I go have sex with Sebastian, um, and I'm in bed eating cherries for some reason because we have a whole thing of maraschino cherries, um, and I wonder if I'm supposed to feel this sore. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I guess I don't fully understand the anatomy there, but I was like, didn't she just get, like, eaten out or, I don't know. No, had, she she had sex for the first time. Yeah. And he's first like. Eating the chair. Yeah, and he's she's, like, all up on him, and he's like, this is the time for quiet, and pushes her off the fucking yeah. bed. This is like she, quiet time. Mm-hmm. Fully pushes her off the bed. So abusive. And now she's, like. Now that we've had sex, let's do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Sebastian is spying on Annette. Um, he's obviously following, she's following having, like, for some her. Little picnic by herself, reading a oh. book, and he's looking at her with <laughs> binoculars, mm-hmm. like a creep. He's obviously like falling in love with her, though, and he's like, she makes me laugh, and Catherine is like. What the fuck, bitch? Can I take my car for a new ride? Um, and he's like, the only thing you'll be riding is me. Hot, but gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's the thing. He starts falling in love with Annette, and I'm like, well, thus begins the slow death of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it we all saw it coming. Uh, so he straight up walks up to her and like does the French kiss and then moves in for the full kiss. Um, and then she's like, whoa, whoa, son, back that shit up. Oh, my wig. Um, and, uh, he gets frustrated. It's like, why can't we be together? And it's because she can't trust herself around him. Oh, oh, oh. Um, this is why I couldn't wear the wig the whole time because I'm pregnant. Um, later that night, he visits her room. Uh, he's like, he's like, I'm gonna leave because like it's, it's you know yes. I just can't. I'm he unbuttons leave. pants and then like unbuttons her little pajama blouse. Yeah, she's fuck me. Well, well no, because he's trying to leave because he's like, you're right, this isn't right, blah blah blah. And she's like, wait a second. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. Exactly like that. Um, I just watched myself do that. It's terrible. <laughs> um, uh, and then he goes, well, you want love? Well, here it is. You're a hypocrite. And then that's when she's like, here's my pooty. Like, come into my garage. Park your car. And then he's like, oh, I can't do this. Uh, and then leaves. Yeah. Doesn't uh, track for either character. Nope. No. 
<laughs> doesn't what? work. It's, it's like such a quick turnaround. Like they had one good moment in the car together, and now all of a sudden, she's ready to give it up, and he's not horny anymore. Well, that's already kissed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the next morning, he's asleep, but he's been writing about Cecile, and Catherine tries to steal his journal. Um, and he basically tells her that he had a chance to fuck her and he didn't do it. Um, and then she's like, well, Annette's left the country house, so you've really left, you're gone. Like, there's no chance that you're ever going to do this again. Um, and she seems mad that he didn't fuck her. Well, I mean, I would <laughs> be too, like, if you throw no. out, like, like, I'm going to give it up because of you. I'm changing everything about myself. They're like, just kidding. Mm-hmm. I want it. Yeah. But, well, no, no. Catherine seems mad that Sebastian didn't fucking that. It's like, girl, are you oh, trying yeah. to like better not? Yeah, that she just was wants, She just wants everyone to do what she wants them to do. That's all yeah. it is. She wants the power of being in control. And so when he didn't do it, it, well, she was mad because when he didn't do it, it means that he actually likes her. Yeah. Uh, and that she doesn't want. She just wants him to conquest and be done. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah because uh, him fucking her means he's more, he's trying to actually fuck Catherine if he does fucking that. Yeah. Which is ultimately what she wants. Yep. Um... So Sebastian goes chasing after Annette because he's so in love and like, finds them at the talking. subway. Yeah. Also, like, these are rich people. Why are they fucking taking the subway? Also, how the and, fuck does he know to just stand at the top of this one escalator? How long has he been there? Well, <laughs> right? yeah, assumedly he knows where she's going and there's only so many subway stops around there. You know what I yeah, mean? There's, like, so multiple escalators out of a subway and yeah. like, you don't know which exact train she's on and when it's arriving at that station, like dude's a creep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so he's there chasing after her makes Annette so fucking wet. Yeah. So they end up going back somewhere and fucking like yes. doing it, doing the dirty, probably really doing it because this is probably where their daughter was conceived. Honestly, <laughs> on up. camera mm-hmm. that. Though, you know, they could be fully clothed from the waist down because we never see. We see some. We see some cleavage for sure. Yeah, the of the waist. We're really sweaty. Um, so they, they are really sweaty. Really they, sweaty. She says a line. I don't know if it's right before this or right after this scene, but she says, "You've done a full 180 since I've met you." And I wanted to, like, I tried to go back and look at, like, the time span. I feel like it's only been, like, a week. Like, Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She was yeah. only supposed to be at Aunt Helen's for three weeks, and she left early. So, <laughs> it, can't, it can't have been that long. Yeah, uh, their relationship progression, I feel like the movie has shown us every time you two have been together. Mm-hmm. Which is a, a grand total of like four times. Yeah, yeah. But that's how romance works back then when you're like 15, <laughs> which is more problematic. Um, so he walks her down to the cab and kisses her goodbye, which is something he's not done with anybody else. Most of the time, it's just like go, 
yeah. and obviously showing us that he didn't push her off the bed and tell her to be quiet like he did with Cecile, is my note. Um, we also see Catherine in the window, and Catherine is very jealous right now. She is mm-hmm. pissed. She is mad. Um, the other How weird thing... That, take out that frustration? <laughs> well, so the other weird thing is he leaves, then he comes back, and he has a bouquet of flowers, but he's coming back to his own home, and it's like he's going to walk into his... Um, like walk into his room with the flowers, which makes me think at some point the scene, like the scenes were flipped, like during all of this yelling that's about to happen between the two of them, like Cecile was still in the other room. Uh, Does that make sense? Like he left after they fucked, he went and got her flowers and then came back and then had this conversation. But when they cut the movie together, Cecile leaves because that would also explain why she's sitting in the window watching them then. Do you know what I mean? Does it make like sense? Like a scene didn't make the cut. Yeah. Like, so they just yeah. re- reordered it. <clears throat> yeah, um, they're not too because like, the, focused on how the scenes should work and why there's dolls places. No. Because so. <laughs> the flowers... The flowers are not like nothing happens to them. Because I so. see there could have been a scene cut where they were just like, hold this, walk in that door, go. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, she comes in, she hears, like, he hears them, he, wow, he hears her fucking around with somebody, and yeah. he knocks on the door, and he's like, uh, Catherine, um, she's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, and then she's like, okay, come in, and she's, like, sitting on her bed, and he goes, so what I feel like it's kind out? of against character, I feel like if her character really would have just been like, Yes, come in and like yeah. fully she's have like, Ronald inside of her. She was uh-huh. like, I didn't tell you to stop. And yeah. Just, yeah. Um and she's like, I assume you came here to make arrangements. Um and he's like, I'm not really in the mood. Um and then Catherine is basically like, I wanna fuck, and then he leaves and she throws she it. She actually eight. does say that word for word. She says, I wanna fuck. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's cleaning up that glass? Like this poor maid. Yeah. <laughs> Underappreciated hero in this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we see uh, him say, I love you to Annette. Um, you're in love with her. You don't love me anymore. And kisses him. What? Why did I write this down? <clears throat> yeah. Catherine says that to him. Oh, at some point. Uh, but she gets vindictive and mm-hmm. basically <clears throat> convinces him that him dating Annette is a bad idea mm-hmm. because it's only going to ruin both of their reputations. Like he's going to ruin her reputation for being a good girl and a virgin and all of this. And she's going to ruin his reputation of being a playboy and like a cool guy. So honestly, she's very true. It's just most I mean, solid thing she said. And we just make him more like alluring if he like yeah. settled down. Right. And so the very brief conversation convinces them that he has to go break up with Annette. Yeah. Um he takes a nice he takes a nice moody walk, nineties style, through the city, um, to kind of think things over, and then ends up 
laying on his bed next to this little leather bound book that we've seen floating around the whole movie. Um, he goes to meet Annette um, and she brings him into her room and she's like, all right, let's do this. And she starts like getting into it. And he's like, this isn't working. It's not you. It's me. I'm fucked up. And then he's crying through okay, all and of then this. I have our next clip right so, now. Yes. Okay. Which one is this one called? The slap. This hair. bit of an overreaction, Reese Witherspoon. I thought it was the best so, acting of the movie. <clears throat> really, because she is the best that, actor in the movie. Yes. Um, that slap was not scripted. It was an improvisation that Reese Witherspoon did in the moment, and it made Ryan Phillippe throw up. <laughs> yeah. And he when was he mad. Yeah. They had been arguing and then filming that scene for a few hours. And so since they were actually dating, it was so emotionally damaging that he threw up because of it. Man. <laughs> um, that's why she was like really crying because yeah. she was probably exhausted. Yeah. Um, so she's like, get the fuck out. And then we see Catherine. Here's where she's not in gray in black, but she wears gray for one time. Um, I also love her blue bedroom. Like, ooh, yeah, so much. Um, <laughs> Sebastian's waiting in her in her room. He's wearing sunglasses because he's been crying. Um, and basically said, "It's over between Annette and I. Let's celebrate. I have champagne." Um, and she's like, "Well, I've got Ronald." And he's like, "Oh, conveniently, Ronald wrote you a letter." Aww. <laughs> um, <laughs> And he's getting back at her for getting back at him. He put Cecile and the cello teacher back together. He's like, if we're going to do this, let's do this. She goes, um, he's like, let's toast to our triumph. And he goes, she goes, don't you see it's my triumph over you? Mm-hmm. Um, she is like, you loved her and it amused me to make you ashamed of it. Uh, you're just a toy I like to play with, and now you've ruined the only person you've ever loved. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, and then that scene ends with her saying, I don't fuck losers. Mm-hmm. Which, um, she's totally going against the bet that they made, which is yeah. a, such a dick move. Yeah. She promised to do butt stuff with him. Yeah. He won. And really unethical of her to not do butt stuff now. This she's is just unethical. being mean because she's like hasn't juiced yet, so she has mm-hmm. to put it on her. <laughs> <laughs> she's stalling. <laughs> no, she's not going to do oh. She's just going to make the maid clean it up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so now Sebastian, seeing that he has been made a fool of, decides he has to go get Annette back. Mm-hmm. So he goes All this to her. time we thought Sebastian was the mastermind, but no, no, no. no it no. was Catherine. Mm-hmm. Catherine was the mastermind. Um, he grabs the book and goes to Annette's house um, and tries to break in. So I thought about this. If we were to recast this movie today, like if they're going to make a 2020 version of Cruel Intentions, which I doubt it, um, 
the woman that answers the door here as like the owner is who I would have Sarah Michelle Keller be. Interesting. She gets a cameo in the remake of her own movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's yeah. And I also would have Selma Blair be Selma Blair's mom. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a remake of The Bad Seed, which is like a really old movie, and I think they remade it as like a lifetime made-for-TV movie. But they had the woman who played the little bad, the bad seed, the little girl in the original movie, be the therapist in the remake, and she's like seventy now. But it was it was an interesting little cameo. Yeah, but she kept or saying things like, and I, I had no idea, but she kept saying things like, "I used to be just like you when I was little," or like, "I know how that feels," and I was like. Did they cast the old bad seed as this psychologist? Like, she like yeah, turns cool. to the camera and winks. <laughs> yeah, basically she basically did. Or Sarah <laughs> like, Michelle Geller could be the stuff. Sarah Michelle Geller could be the therapist in this. Yeah. In the beginning. Um so they actually did NBC almost like they I think they might have even piloted it. Um but they were gonna do a Cruel Intentions TV series in twenty fifteen. And Sarah Michelle Gellar was signed on to reprise her role as Catherine. Uh, but the story of the show is going to revolve more around a son that Sebastian and Anne or Annette had had. Like, I guess, you know, the one time they had sex, oh. she got pregnant. Um, Which that would have been a whole... And then Catherine would have been this vindictive aunt. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. trying to so. fuck her nephew. That I'm would trying be to good. Fuck her ne- <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. It's not her. Bi- it's not her blood nephew. Um, <laughs> so he goes back um, and gives. He ends up giving the the journal to um, Annette as a way to like say this is why this is what happened. And for some reason, Annette goes oh, this all makes sense, and he's a good person now, which honestly doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but so, the, this journal is basically a combination burn book with a little black book and outlines every detail from the bet to his sister and everything. Yeah, I mean, look at the next clip I gave you. Just look at, I mean, the title says it all. The burn book. The burn book. If so. you really want the truth, then please read it. No more lives. You can make a killing. You can make a killing. You can make a killing. Yeah. And it's not also a surprise. We've seen the a whole a whole bunch of this, but that character would not write a journal. No. Not anything this elaborate. Also, right. do, you notice RC, this little, do you notice this little thing that says a nightmare is fed before it is born? Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. I mean, I had journals like this growing up, but I think I was like 11. Um, but I mean, when you're rich and all you have to do is fuck people all day long, I guess you got to keep up something else. Um, yeah. So uh, the phone rings and it's, we see, oh, the phone rings at, uh, or uh, uh, the cello teacher's phone rings then, and it's Catherine calling to say everything's not okay. She lies and says Sebastian hit her and took off, um, and that he, and she, uh, 
tells him that he fucked Cecile. And he's like, oh, fuck. And he gets up and leaves. And then Sebastian is leaving Annette's apartment. And then Annette goes chasing after him. Um, oh, he because he sat outside Annette's apartment all night, from what it seems like. Um, and now everyone is walking dramatically through the city. Um, through Central Park? Almost. Through Central Park. These are East Side and West Side people, for sure. Um, and Ronald the cello guy sees Sebastian in the park, and he confronts him, yep. and they get in a cute little boy fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, on a median in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, so what it looks like, if I remember, too, they're in the bike path next to the street. Mm-hmm. So, and then Annette comes through and tries to, like, break it up. Because, like, come on, Annette. How strong are you? Um, Our next clip. The next clip. I had to clip the the big climactic event. next scene is the funeral <laughs> yeah yeah everyone's you're like surely he's not gonna die right right yeah and just as die. you he think that he died, he died. Um, i hadn't it's been years since i had watched this movie and i watched it a few days ago and my brain had made me forget that stupid ass death i remember that the like car. how long did it, how fast was that fucking taxi going why did it take him so long to stop yeah like and just as a plot device, to have him be hit by a taxi and die does not make sense. It like has no place in this movie. No. It should have been something that was caused by a deliberate action by Catherine. And not... I mean, I understand she kind of put the wheels in motion as far as the whole Ronald fight. Uh-huh. And that had to do with the accident, but like, it wasn't a direct enough cause, I think to really pay off as That's like, why she didn't feel guilty. Yeah. Um, so then we're at the funeral. Um, and Catherine's like, here we go. Oh, so then there was this whole scene, um, bathroom. the bathroom where uh, arguably he, she's never, Annette's never met Catherine. Which is true. We've never seen them together. So I didn't even never, notice it until that no. point. Like I was like, oh, weird. So she yeah. came out and she's like reading her cards. I guess her speech is this funeral. So it's like funeral meets student assembly. So it's like memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She's practicing her cards. And then she does a great callback to the beginning of the movie where 
Catherine is talking to Cecile's mom, and she goes, whenever I'm in trouble, I always turn to Jesus and holds up her little coat cross. And then right as Annette's leaving, she goes, well, whenever I'm in trouble, I turn to Jesus or something. I'm guessing referencing something she read in the journal um, of yeah. all that, because she knows who she is. Um, she's like, I'm really sorry about your brother. And like, it's like this weird thing where they don't acknowledge anything that just happened between them, just that they know who each other are kind of. Right. Um, well, and I don't, it, yeah, I guess you find out a couple minutes later, but you have no idea why. And that seems so smug mm-hmm. right now. I guess, you know, she's read the diary. Yeah. And assumedly she's now best friends with Cecile because Cecile has all the copies of it and she starts handing them out to everybody in the school. Um, yep. like a bound copy. Um, and, uh, she, uh, she, <laughs> Catherine comes out and reads the book and starts crying because she's been outed as they like pull the coat cross out of her hands. And the headmaster spills a whole spoonful of her coat. Yeah. So the taking of the rosary. I'm like, this wouldn't happen. Like, no one would do this. No. <laughs> and then the biggest thing that doesn't make sense at all in this movie is why on earth does Annette get Sebastian's car? Yes. <laughs> also, all of this is happening while Bittersweet Symphony is playing. Yeah. yeah. Which apparently cost them a million dollars to get that song, which was a tenth of their budget. They needed it. I mean, they said the they played 200 bit. other different songs and no other song worked. No, I feel like that scene was so like big for the movie scale because of that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I also yeah, feel why, like why this hair is really growing on me for Tyler. <laughs> 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 it's just I've been black haired before. I can do it again. It's just starting to look really natural. I don't know why. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I think that's it. That's the whole that's movie. Something. So that's that leads me to I have two questions for you guys. A, what yep. question what character do you most relate to? Catherine. Catherine. See, I wanna say Catherine, but let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> yep. I think I'm Cecile. Um with maybe a rising Catherine. Uh, and then secondly, if you were to recast this movie today. Who would be your main characters? God. Oh, shit. I wish you would have asked this earlier so we have time. Right? I, I feel know. like if the movie got remade today, it wouldn't have a greatest budget. Its demographic would change. And for Ryan Felipe, they'd cast that stupid Noah Centennial or whatever. Oh, my God. No, Noah's too <laughs> sweet. He He's a nice too... boy all the time. I know that would be the character <clears throat> for him. No, it would be the guy from Euphoria. Yeah. Hot jock. No, that would be the hot gay jock for sure. I'm still trying to cast it in my early 2000s heartthrob movie, and I would want to make yeah. I would want to make Ryan Felipe be like Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> That's who I would. Do you think they would make um, Zendaya Catherine? They would definitely cast they would definitely cast um, Catherine and Sebastian as two different raced people uh-huh. to yes. emphasize the fact that they are not blood related yeah yeah for sure so zendaya would probably be that yeah. that's a good one for a reese's character i don't know i think reese's character 
would be um, no. Do you know who I think would be Catherine? Bella Thorne. Um, oh, oh, yeah, Bella Thorne. I was gonna say Roz from Sabrina. No, I'm trying to like be something. Be <laughs> Roz could be Annette, absolutely, or Lachlan. Could Kiernan Shipka be Catherine? Kiernan Shipka, yes, if you yes. want to play true to the way they cast this movie, Kiernan Shipka should be Catherine. Yeah. Um, she would want to do that, too. She would. Yeah, Because uh, I was also thinking how much Harvey would be a good uh, Ryan Felipe person. Um, or um, uh, KJ Apa. I love him. Yeah, maybe. KJ Apa. And Kieran and Shipka. Interesting to see him play to like play a purely bad character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then the ditzy one would be um, also from Riverdale. Uh, um, I can't think of her name. Camilla. Camilla. Uh, what's yeah. her Riverdale name? The dark-haired one. Lodge. Yeah. The yeah, Lodge. Veronica. Veronica. And then uh, Annette would be Lily Reinhardt. The jock yeah. would definitely be um, the guy from American Horror Story, 1984, the Olympic gay. Yes. Mm-hmm. He would be Greg. Oh, that'd be good. So who's the oh. gay best friend? Uh, gay best friend is Tyler. obviously going to be Frankie Grande. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, the gay best friend would actually be probably recast as uh, I think the gay best friend would be like um, Lachlan uh, Watson, the girl that plays the transgender role in Sabrina. Uh, what? I think it would be I don't think it would be like a gay best friend. I think it would be like a transgendered like either that or or um, from Euphoria. Uh Hunter, Schaefer. Yeah. I can I see Jules. Like, um, call Me By Your Name, Kid. Timothy Chalamet? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. No, he would play Ryan oh, Leaf. That, that's, a, that's a good one, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Has, um, has Kurt from Glee aged out of playing the gay best friend role? <laughs> <laughs> Agelessly young. Oh, no. Gay best friend, if it really was a gay best friend, would be the politician. Oh, Ben Platt. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be yeah. good. Him, and I would say, instead of KJ, it'd be Timothy for Sebastian. Yeah. And still Kieran and Shipka as Catherine. Yes, for sure. Kieran and Shipka for Catherine. Okay, mm-hmm. glad we've cast this. Um, who do we yeah. send the notes to? Yeah. For that? I have a WB or, like... Mm-hmm. Fox. Who's making Fox? <laughs> uh, maybe right. it could be like a Quibi series. Mm-hmm. A 10-part Quibi series. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, kids. It's been grand. It's been cruel. It's been full of intentions. Um, yeah. Get out there and slay, bitches. Yeah. Um, you can follow me at Andy from Boy Story on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me, of course, at Homo's Modern Life. So, Seth? is there anywhere you would like okay, to be followed? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at uh, Seth Aaron on Instagram. 
Mm-hmm. Great. You can follow our other shows at Homo's Modern Life, the podcast. Mm-hmm. And HML's political hookup on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, uh, you have nothing else to do. Do it. Yeah. yeah. You want some merch? You want to cover your titties? Guess what? We have shirts. We have shirts for this show. We have shirts for that show. We have shirts for all the shows. You want to go to brunch? Good luck. You're in quarantine, but you can still get a shirt for that at HML Shop. Yes. You can visit our website and find all of these things. Homosmodernlife.com. I'll make jewel skins. Great. <laughs> uh, and make sure to join us next week when we're back to Buffy and recapping season two, episode one, when she was bad. When she was bad? We find out the aftermath of Buffy dying, coming back to life, and killing the master. Boom. There we are. Back into it. Love right. it. Love you. Thanks for joining us, Seth. Thank you. Oh my god, it's been Tyler the whole time. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.